Welcome to Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. I'm an engineer and I work in Silicon Valley. I am originally from Caracas, Venezuela, and I've been calling the U.S. home for the last 20 years. When it comes to Latinos in the U.S., we are 60 million people, but we're only 3% of the workers in science or engineering. As a professional in Silicon Valley, I've had the opportunity to meet some remarkable professionals that work in the tech industry, Latinos like me. With this podcast, I want to bring you a collection of their stories and how they got a job in tech in the first place. And if they had to start all over again, what would they do differently? I want to share with you career advice on how to get a job in tech, how to deal with imposter syndrome, how to find your tribe when you're the only one in the room. This is Latinos Who Tech. This episode of Latinos Who Tech is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the world's premium platform for audiobooks with over 150,000 titles. If you're like me, you're passionate about learning new things, but finding the time to read may be difficult. Audiobooks are a great alternative. You can get a free 30-day trial plus a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash latinos. Go and support them since they support us. Thank you. Ish, welcome to Latinos Who Tech. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. So tell me a bit about yourself and this beautiful place that we are in LinkedIn. Right yeah. Now. Uh, gorgeous view right now. We're sitting on the 17th floor at LinkedIn SF, right downtown, as the sun is setting. Couldn't be any better. So my name is Ish. I am from East LA. I was born and raised. We were just talking about this throughout Southern California. So I've lived everywhere in Southgate. For those of you familiar, Southgate, which is down there, uh, Pomona, Ranch Cucamonga, Riverside, Fontana. Moved around a lot growing up and went to school, college at UC Merced. And uh, after college, went back home, lived with my parents for a little bit. And now I'm in San Francisco working at LinkedIn for five years. Where do you go to school? Uh, UC Merced, small, very new UC uh, in Central California. So I actually, I went there for a, a workshop with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. Oh, cool. They, they have these uh, sculptures, like horns, it's right? It's huge, yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's like out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's no distractions. You no, can focus on studying. So uh, how was it going to school there? I mean, uh, going from SoCal, you're in LA, this very urban area. Yeah. And now you're out there pretty much in the country. So how was that experience? Uh -huh. I think at first it was a huge culture shock because I went, like you said, even the suburbs that I was living at in the at the time with my parents, there was things to do. There was a mall, there was clubs, there was like things going on. Whereas Merced, it was very quiet. Aside from the university, there's not much, not much of a downtown area, not, not very many things to do. But I think one thing that I learned going there and attending there is just making our own fun and like building community with people that I clicked with or even just the people that attended the school, it kind of felt like one huge big family because there was only 4,000 students when I attended. So we all just got to know each other and did our own parties, did our own events, clubs and organizations, got super involved in all that. So what do you do in your free time when you're not studying in Merced? I mean, you studied management, right? Yeah, study management. So what would you do in your free time? I was a part of hosting the huge concerts and events that happened on campus. Mm -hmm. So like every school has their huge concert that they do and I was a part of the team that did that um, aside from that I was also part of like a business fraternity it was co-ed so guys and girls uh, I was also had an internship with the uh, student life organization and DJ a ton 
So I DJ like every single weekend. So, so I noticed that about you. You like to stay busy. You yeah. Just, I like to keep busy <laughs> because if when I look at your Instagram feed, I'm how the hell does this guy have so much time to do these things? Because, I mean, you're this uh, social media expert at LinkedIn. You have your DJ engagements. You have a fitness enthusiast. Uh, so you have all these aspects about you. Yeah. And I wonder, like, how do you do it all? How do you organize yourself? Yeah, that, that's actually a question that I've been getting a lot more lately that since I've been sharing how my day is structured. And for me personally, what works is just outlining exactly even down to the minute of what I'm going to be doing that day, but also being flexible, knowing that shit happens. And when things go over or go under in time, being able to kind of like transition or like pivot on the spot. But yeah, I'll give you like a perfect example. The way I, I structure my days, since I have so much going on aside from work, is uh, I block out on my calendar, like literally go on my notes tab and start at 11.30 p.m. because that's the time I try to go to sleep. And I try to get seven and a half hours of sleep. So seven and a half hours after that, And then once I wake up, I start outlining every minute. So say 10 minutes to shower, five minutes to change, estimate 15 minutes to get to work, estimate, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes to eat. And then once I work from that working period, eight and a half, eight hours um, until I get off of work, then estimate how long it takes to get to the gym, changed, work out, get home and eat shower and then however much time I have left over until 1130 that and I try to segment that time for like personal or DJ practice or planning or whatever I have to do I hope you're enjoying the podcast I'm a strong believer that you can learn something new from anyone you meet that is why every month I compile all the key learnings from this podcast and experience and summarize them in my monthly newsletter I curate the resources we talk about key learnings, books I'm currently reading, and give you recommendations on how to become a better Latino professional. You can sign up following the show notes or at latinoswhotech.com. Thank you. So how do you relax? I mean, because this sounds um, a bit overwhelming, <laughs> you know, to somebody that's probably not used to this hyper scheduling like by the minute. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I, I love those things. I love systems. Yeah. I love when things work out. But then what's what's your downtime like? So I do have a down day or half day. What I've tried to do recently in the past, I don't know, seven to eight months is at least half of a day, which usually ends up being Sunday, I get back to myself. So I like literally block off my calendar again. Like, okay, do not do work. Do not try to set up meetings. Do not try to practice. <laughs> do not do anything overly productive. Right. And just try to kind of unplug. For me, that ends up being things like the movies. I've recently signed up for like that AMC Stubbs account and mm -hmm. it gives you like three movies a week that you can go watch. So I've been watching a ton of movies. Aside from that, checking up with my family, seeing how they're doing. And oddly enough, cleaning. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's, if it's something that my, my parents instilled in me as a kid, but... It, oh, yeah, it, like it, the Saturday morning at the house. That, uh, Saturday, Sunday mornings at the house. Yeah, like, levántate, mijo. You start uh, listening to, like, the Selena in the back, and, like, you know it's cleaning time. Yeah, yeah but that's actually been... Uh, cleaning has been helpful, too. De-stressing, relaxing. It helps me get reset for the following week, too. Not too much on my list in terms of, I guess, relaxation. In a sense, practicing and doing the things that I enjoy doing are kind of relaxing for me. Mm -hmm. Um But I don't know, I guess that's how I'm wired. Yeah. And that's a, a common theme that I find that people that, that work here in the Bay Area, in mm -hmm. San Francisco, in Silicon Valley, in tech, they feel this pressure that there are all these cool events happening around me. Mm -hmm. So I have to go to every networking hour and every fireside chat. Yeah. And it, like there's this pressure. What works for me is that I have a, and right now this is like Tuesdays, I have a night off. Oh, cool. 
So actually in my task manager, I have like calls, emails, and then I have stuff that I want to do in my night off. Mm -hmm. So Tuesday from like 5.30 to 11 p.m. is my time. Like uh, if I feel like watching Netflix, mm -hmm. guilt-free. Yeah. If I feel like, I don't know, going for a walk or like doing something that is not necessarily productive. Or thinking. I have to think or anything. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what? Like, it's a really good day to clean out my bookshelf and just go through like these old uh, comic books I yeah. have or like, anything. Like, it doesn't have to be productive at all. But it's time that is guilt-free. So I give myself permission to just put away all the worries. I really like that. I might, I might steal that from you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for everybody. So steal away, my friend. It's actually funny because I do the exact same thing, but for productivity. So I have a notes tab on my phone and I'll just randomly get ideas for like projects or things to work on. And right now it has probably like 15 to 20 different things. Mm -hmm. And each one can take anywhere between like an hour to a week of time to complete. But I have just random ideas. And so when I do find that I have free time that I want to use for something on like a project, I'll just go to that tab and be like, okay, what project do I want to start today? Right. Is it something that I want to finish today or is it something that I'm going to start and then work on for the next couple of mm. weeks? So That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I call that list um, someday maybe. Someday maybe. That's cool. Because it's, uh, I'm not committed to do it, mm -hmm. but it's there. So I have one for like movies I want to watch, places I want to visit, people I want to have lunch with. So, hey, guess what? My Friday lunch opened up. Yeah, let me ping Carlos. Carlos, hey, what's up? Okay, cool. I'll be there in Apple. We'll get lunch. Yeah. So things like that. So it's, uh, as you mentioned before, like being flexible yeah. also goes a long way. So how do you get to LinkedIn? How did I get to LinkedIn? I mean, you're in UC Merced. You're, here, you're there in the middle of nowhere in a nice way. It's a nice place. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> California is beautiful Cali all over. California is beautiful all over. Merced just happens to have different types of beauty in it, I guess. A lot, a lot of cows. Um, so I got to LinkedIn kind of by chance, kind of by force in a way, I guess. So I graduated from UC Merced in 2014. And during that time, I applied to tons of jobs. I just wrote a post on this on, on Instagram the other day. I think I applied to over 200 jobs. It was like close to 220. That was applying on LinkedIn. It was applying through Indeed. It was applying through like Glassdoor. It was applying through Monster because I was a little bit bigger at the time. And keep in mind, when I was at UC Merced, I was extremely involved with everything that I was doing. So in my mind, I thought I was at least qualified to get a call back for some of these places. And it's not like I was shooting for like the marketing manager role that needed four years of professional experience. I was shooting for like the entry level bare bones roles. So yeah, I got like zero calls back, maybe like a couple of calls back, but they were not really roles or salaries that were going to help like sustain, sustain myself. Right. So when I graduated in 2014, I ended up moving back in with my parents, Southern California. They were living in Ontario, California at the time. Yeah. My mom basically said, you can like stay here for like a little while until you get up on your feet, as long as you're like consistently looking for a job. So that's kind of when the hunt for a job went a little bit crazier because I had been applying since December all the way to like May or June graduation time. So I kind of went ham on applying for jobs after my mom said like, yo, you got to get on it. Yeah. So and how are you applying to, to jobs? I mean, are you uh, going through the black box, applying online? Or are you... Yeah, it was, it was a lot of applying online. I, I went through so many like online uh, applications. At the time, I didn't have a huge network. So most of my network was in the same hole as I was. We were all trying to find a job. And it also didn't help us that our school was really new. So we didn't have too many classes of 
UC Merced alumni that were out there like making a name for ourselves. We maybe had a couple people out here like in the Bay that were working in tech. So that made it more difficult because when we did reach out to alumni, they're like, hey, we're still trying to like get our own feet settled. We can't really help too much. And then my peers, everybody was like, hey, I'm I'm trying to put myself on too before I can help put you on. So it was kind of just like cold turkey applying, not really too many referrals, which is very disheartening, like seeing how many applications and how many hours online spent just applying and applying. But to get to your point, I ended up just going to a career fair. I believe it was a bunch of different companies. And one of the companies that was there was 24 Hour Fitness, which is the reason why I went. Like you said earlier, I'm huge on fitness and I like working out a ton. I've played sports my whole life. So I figured I'd love to work out, love to work at a place that I like to work out, 24 Hour Fitness, a gym. Right. Makes total sense. That's what I thought. <laughs> but uh, so I ended up going, getting the job as like assistant operations manager at one of the clubs that was near my house. And I thought I would like love it a ton because I was in the gym, I was in the environment, people eating healthy, working out, everybody's fit, mm-hmm. same mindset. But I ended up not liking it as much just because I always had an itch to go work out while I was working. So the work itself was fulfilling. I was managing or helping to manage a team of like 25 people at the front desk, the custodians, the Zoom instructor, people that clean the pool, all that. But after a few months of working there, I quickly realized, I don't think this is really for me. I'd rather be here working out versus here working. So then I kind of went back to the job point again every single night, applying for hours at a time after eating dinner with my family, going straight to my laptop, working on my resume, working on my website, working on my portfolio, all of that, keeping it freshly like ready in case somebody called. And I was on LinkedIn applying every single day. And one day I kind of sat there and realized, like, I really like this platform, LinkedIn. Like, what are the odds that there would be a role that happened to fit my background and experience? And at the time, I didn't have too much experience in anything else other than events, like live events. So it was very specific of what I can offer a company at at the time. But after a couple of, I think, weeks, I just kept checking online and I wrote down a short list of companies that I would love to work at. Most of them were in tech. So it was like Twitter. It was LinkedIn. And Facebook and all, obviously like the dream company, Google's and all that. Of course, all the fang, all the ones that everybody <laughs> wants to get a job there. Exactly. And yeah, after a couple of weeks and a contract role popped up on my feed and it was for events supporting their recruiting events, supporting their talent acquisition side of the company. Yeah, so logistics, making sure that everything is in time, smoothly, exactly. that the candidates feel welcome, exactly. they feel they belong here. All of that, all of the above. It's amazing. And after looking through the job requisition and everything that it asked that you be able to do, I passed everything with flying colors. I could do all of that given the complex events that I had planned at UC Merced were a hundred times more complex, like budgets of a hundred thousand dollars that I was managing, managing teams of like 25 to 30 event coordinators under me. So considering all that, when I saw the job application, I was like, there's no way that I can't get this job. I have to. So then I used LinkedIn to see if anybody in my network happened to work at LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Which, sure enough, one of my friends, Kevin Ali Busan, was working here as a contractor doing recruiting coordination. And I reached out to him on the spot. He was super busy trying to figure out his job at the time. And then I just kept reaching out to him, texting him, calling him, hitting him up on LinkedIn, <laughs> following up over and over and over. And eventually, long story short, I got him to get me on the phone with the hiring manager because it was his boss as well. And she gave me a shot to come up and interview from Southern California, I drove up the next day, stayed at my friend's couch and interviewed the following day after that, after getting my suit pressed and all that. And uh, I ended up getting not the job that I applied for, 
because the morning that I interviewed, I was told that the events job that I was told to interview for had gotten filled by somebody else the day before. But there was a recruiting coordinator job at the time if I wanted to go ahead and interview for that one. So I interviewed and I failed miserably. She told me that I did super bad, but I showed so much interest in events that they opened up a contract role for events for me. Hmm, plot so, twist. Plot twist, right? <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. that, that they saw the talent, they saw the the drive. I mean, you were texting, calling, yeah, just, uh, I was, stalking I was, your friends, talking to him, <laughs> bugging him. <laughs> but that's the thing, like about being relentless. And I find that when you're organizing events, sometimes you have to be that way. Yeah. I mean, you're talking with uh, providers, with venue owners, and that grit. That's something that you want. Yeah. So that's uh, that's amazing. That's that's I love it. Love that story. So what do you do now? How would you describe your role? I'm a social media marketing lead for one of our business lines here. So we have four different business lines total now. And for the people listening that don't really know LinkedIn and how the, our mm -hmm. business is structured, we offer four different main offerings to companies and to the world. We help companies hire, hire talent. We help companies market. So like think of like Facebook ads and Instagram ads. We have similar product on our platform. We help companies hire, market, sell. So we help companies find their sales prospects and then learn. So if you could imagine you're a company that has 100,000 employees or 10,000 employees and you want those employees to like learn and constantly keep growing, we have a product for that too, which is LinkedIn Learning. Previously known as Linda.com. Linda, exactly, Linda.com. So I support talent solutions, which helps companies hire. And as a social media manager for that industry, my target audience is HR managers, recruiters, talent professionals around the world. And I just basically find different content. And we have blogs and we have video content, product content to inform them on the latest trends of recruiting. And yeah, I manage LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those channels. So every time that I see a, a post about talent solutions, and that's yeah, you, they, that's you're the copy and pick the image. Yeah. So when you make content, like, what's your process? Like, do you have a process? Is it by feeling? Like, uh, how do you do it? I guess it depends on what the purpose of the piece of content is. So I kind of have a content calendar that I work off of. And each day has a different theme. So my favorite day is Friday because I get to have more fun with it. I call it Fun Fridays. And each Friday, I try to think of either a meme or something relative to pop culture and tie it into recruiting. So that can be super tough because recruiting is very specific or talent and HR is very specific. But being able to like put your creative mind on something like that and somehow twisting a Game of Thrones theme meme into HR and getting a thousand recruiting professionals to like comment on it and share with their friends is super cool. But what I do is on my content calendar week over week, I have different themes. So for Mondays, we'll have something like Monday inspiration and use a different quote and then create a graphic. And then the quote ties back into diversity, HR, recruiting, talent. Mm -hmm. Tuesdays, maybe we'll do like a product tip and share a video on how users that are using the product every single day can make one part of their schedule more efficient or whatever that is. Wednesdays, what I've been doing recently and which has been working is I'll do like an audience question with our audience. So we have a million followers now across all of our channels. What are different questions or things that we can do to build community with that audience and so forth? So each day kind of has its own theme. And then we have blogs supporting that as well. So I'll break apart a different like a blog and try to figure out, okay, well, how can we share the five key things of this blog on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook so that it serves the person on the other receiving end the most value? So going through that uh, Gary V school of content <laughs> and 
reshape content. Exactly. So you create this core piece of content. Yeah. can be a video, can be a blog, and just cut it through quotes, through different channels. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's totally you. <laughs> that's totally <laughs> you. Because uh, from outside, you know, outside of looking in, you know, I see all the stuff you do. And I see it throughout your platforms that you have this unified brand. It's beautiful, man. Thank you. So... I want to take this back to the audience, and I'm curious, uh, you know, from your experience at LinkedIn, you've been here four years. So yeah, four and a half, almost five years. So what makes a good LinkedIn headline? Ooh, headline. Usually people ask just what's a good LinkedIn profile. Something very specific that people can go in right now and add to their Swap uh, headline. It yeah. yeah. I think what makes a good headline is something that's descriptive enough to tell what you do without being specific enough to just say exactly what it is. So, for example, I'll give you where mine is. So mine says social media at LinkedIn by day, DJ by night. That tells you exactly what I do, but it doesn't say social media manager at LinkedIn. It gotcha. says I, I do social media at LinkedIn, but there's another layer to me. I'm also a DJ, which gives you more of a personalized feel to who I am. It ties back into authenticity and it exactly. ties back into bringing your whole self to work. And to, and to your channel too. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I've seen some really fun ones like tech enthusiast, diversity champion, and recruiter at whatever. That tells me that aside from recruiting, you're also interested in hiring diverse candidates or you're interested in helping people from different backgrounds get into uh, your company. You know, I remember at, at some point I had a engineer, product marketing manager, storyteller. I like that. Yeah, it's a good one. What's, your, what's yours right now? So mine right now is product marketing manager and the podcaster at Latinos Who Tech and Conexiones. You got to get that branding on there. So I got <laughs> I got to get it in there. And uh, it's funny because I changed it. And literally two days after, I started getting pinged by all these podcast consultants. Oh, really? <laughs> that want to help it grow and uh, they offer their services. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. And I'll come out and say it. I'm a happy paid member because I find so much value in the platform. Yeah. I find that just all the tools that it has for connecting with people, seeing how you connect with yeah, like your second, your third degree, all the filters you can use. Analytics. So, for example, when I talk with my audience right here in Latinos Who Tech or in Conexiones, I ask them, what do you feel like learning? Oh, Hugo, I want to learn what it's like to work at Tesla. Awesome. So who do I know in Tesla? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> Search it. That, that's my first go. Who do I know in LinkedIn that's Latino, Latina, and that we went to the same school or that we belong to the same organization like Prospanica or Shep? So you have a warm intro when you reach out? Of course. Yeah. Because I find the beauty of um, being part of a club or going to the same school is that, you know, you don't have to explain yourself. Like, like we have that shared experience. Exactly. So, like, we all know what it's like to being woken up Saturday morning. Muchacho, tiene que limpiar la sala. You know, like, uh, we, we all know that feeling. So, so it's authenticity. That, that's, that's important. Yeah. So, I'm going to put you in the spot a little bit here. But uh, can you tell me a bit about the project that you are the proudest of at LinkedIn? Yeah, I can think one off the top of my head. Exactly. So in my previous role, I told you about the first role I was at LinkedIn. I was events. Then mm -hmm. I transitioned into a role before the one I'm in now, and it was more of a project management role. So it was working on employer brand, talent brand, and events. And then for people listening who don't know what it is, employer brand and talent brand is more so creating content for showing what the experience is like as an employee at a company. And sharing that out through social media to the entire world. And I'll actually give you two quick 
projects that I really enjoyed working on. The first one was building LinkedIn Life. And if you're like in tech or if you like follow tech, LinkedIn Life is a huge brand. It's what people think of when they think of working at LinkedIn. You can go on Instagram right now or Twitter and search at LinkedIn Life. And you'll get a really good sense of stories and people that work at the company, what it feels like to work at the company, different clubs and organizations that we have here. So that one was super fun because it was building it from the ground up from 800 followers. We took over another social page before that. So we had 800 followers and built it to now. I think it has like mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of followers. Wow. That one was really fun. And it's also super fun because then you meet so many people from different parts of the world that work at the company and they each have a different experience, but they share that experience with me. And then being able to share that through the social channel, which reaches tons of people around the world. Another really cool project that I got to do was a diversity recruiting event called Open Mic. So what we did, and I think you attended that one, right? I've been to a couple, actually. I've been to a couple, and I say this, and I'm not only saying it because we're having this conversation. (laughs) I think it's the best recruiting event in the Bay Area. Yeah. I think it's the place where I feel the most welcome, and I feel that it's one of the most authentic ones. Because we get it. Like, we have to keep the lights on. I mean, we have to justify the bottom line and how much money we're spending Mm -hmm. in these red carpet events. But it's... Can we have fun for a while? You know, so it's so like you see these artists sharing their craft, musicians. I think like last one I went in the South Bay in the Sunnyvale campus, they had a barbershop quartet. Oh, that's cool. They have uh, (laughs) evolved a lot then. Yeah. Yeah. They they had these two ladies that did um, traditional West African dancing. They had a live band. Lonnie danced salsa with her husband. Uh, so it was beautiful, man. Yeah. And and they have uh, food and drinks. And they make sure they budget time for networking. Mm-hmm. They had the VP of engineering there. You could ask him anything, anything you want. You want. Anything you want. Out. It's beautiful, man. Like, yeah. to, to me, it's one of my favorite events. Uh, even if you're not looking for a job and you're listening to this, you're in the Bay, look it up. I hope that you can attend because uh, to me, it's one of my fondest memories of a recruiting event. Yeah, that, I mean, it's one of my favorite memories is, or even projects working on here at LinkedIn and being able to build that with another guy. His name is Leslie. He's a diversity program manager at LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Being able to build that from the ground up, like there was no event that we've ever heard of that was anything like it or remotely like it that was still a recruiting event because at the end of the day, we're helping the company hire diverse talent, which is even more meaningful for us as people of color. It was even more meaningful than just throwing like a fun party at LinkedIn or fun happy hour at LinkedIn. And I find that a lot of times that um, speaking as an ERG board member mm-hmm. or as an ERG participant, if you will, a lot of times I see that companies will give you money for your diversity group and, oh, yeah, yeah, get some food, get some pizza. No, I want to talk yeah. about the product. Yeah. I want to talk about how can we make the products more inclusive. I want to talk about these things that really affect my perception of the company. So I'm wondering, like, uh, just from all the time that you've been here in tech, what's something that you believe, like, companies can do better to bring more diverse talent in? We were talking of Mike before that there's 60 million Latinos in the U.S., but only 3% of us are working engineering or sciences or STEM. So I'm wondering what's your take on it. One thing that just came to mind right now, and I've never actually mentioned it out loud, but being able to share the experience of an event and answer questions 
at scale. So like mm-hmm. if you could imagine you went to the open mic night because mm-hmm. you're here in the Bay Area, only two to 300 people could attend that event in person, right? So imagine being able to scale that experience to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, people that are in South America, people that are in Brazil, like everywhere in the world on an online, either whether that's like a live video feed or an online live video Q&A session where you do have the VP of engineering taking 15 minutes out of his day to answer 10 questions from people around the world. I just thought of that right now because... Yes, these events are awesome, that they're very inclusive, but if you're not fortunate enough to live near the Bay Area and attend, then you're kind of out of luck. So Right. How- or, or you can listen to a podcast with the leaders <laughs> of this tech movement. Exactly. And, um, and we were talking about that, that you were thinking about starting one. So yeah. my mics are at your service. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, when, it. When you launch, you want to promote, happy to help you promote. Yeah. We have to put you on too. Yeah, happy to do it. So you mentioned life at LinkedIn. So I have to ask, what's life at LinkedIn like? I think it's changed over the past four and a half, five years that I've been here. The company has grown a ton. When I joined, we were probably 7,000 employees, 6,000 employees. Um, And now we're more than double that. And we've been acquired by Microsoft. But I think one thing that has remained the same, even though we've grown so much, is the culture at the company. And that's probably the one thing that's kept me here so long. A lot of people, when I tell them that I've been here for four and a half years, they're like, no way. That you're mm-hmm. like a unicorn. There's nobody stays yeah. at a tech company that long. Haven't you gotten pushed by like Facebook and all these other companies? But when you build your community at a place where you're like, if I go to that company over there, I'm gonna have to rebuild this, and I don't think that I can find this over there. Yeah, it's a gamble. Exactly. And then when I see people that sometimes leave the company and go to other companies, and they're always coming back here, that gives me the green light that I did a good job staying because there's something special here. And I think it's, it's the culture, it's the people. I went to this open mic mm-hmm. in Sunnyvale and I met this group of Cubans that were there. And one's a data scientist here at, at LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And there were two of his friends, one is, one's at Netflix, the other one's at uh, Apple. And they used to work at LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And even then they left and they said, yeah, LinkedIn has the best culture of uh, any company I worked on. Even though they're outside at another company, and they and I'm like, <laughs> so what do you leave? Like, uh, well, I built what I had to build because I had that engineering mentality that I built a product, I scaled it, and now I delegated that to somebody else. Yeah. Like I, I did my part, you know. So I launched that, and I'm done. And it's that thing that you feel that you're ready for for a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, so you are this social media lead right now. Mm-hmm. What's your next play? What's the next challenge that you want to work on? I think right now I'm still getting really good at my job. And I want to be at a point where I can do this in my sleep and teach a team of five people how to do it. I don't think I'm there yet, but eventually I'd probably want to go to either a smaller company or a place where I have a little bit more impact in what I do. So right now I'm doing social media marketing. I think the next step after that for me would be to help develop a brand and build a brand and build the characteristics of the brand, the target audience and all that. And then use social media and different channels to reach the audience. Because right now, it's social media is one piece of it. And it's like the front lines of how the audience interacts most of the time. If you think of some of your favorite brands, mm-hmm. most of the interaction that you see is through social media and how they're reacting to people on Twitter, which is awesome. But being able to be on a team that develops the personality of that brand is, is pretty awesome, too. We'll see. We'll see. Can you explain to us the next play concept? Because I Mm -hmm. I find that's very unique uh, to where we are right now. It's a term that wasn't coined by LinkedIn. I think it was actually termed by a basketball coach. 
But our CEO, Jeff Wiener, uses it a ton. And the sense in how he uses it mostly is if something is done, what's in the next step that we're going to do? What's the next play? So even though that you're done with your current job or your current role or your current project, what's next? Keep it going. Keep it pushing. So the, the way we've used it as a culture here is like, what's your next play in your career journey? Is it going to be at LinkedIn? If so, that's awesome. If it's not, then we wish you the best of luck, but we're here to support you. That openness, yeah. the fact that you can realize that, hey, maybe you need to, as part of your journey to grow, you need to do it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm, I'm really curious uh, about the LinkedIn culture. Uh, what's your favorite thing about working at, at, at LinkedIn? Like you mentioned the people, but I'm looking for that double click, like going a, a bit deeper in that. I think my personal favorite thing working at LinkedIn, and it's very specific to me and my journey here, of course. is I've had the ability to work on some pretty awesome projects very early in my career that I don't think I would have had the opportunity to do at a huge company at scale like LinkedIn. All double click. So the fact that I was able to help build out LinkedIn's employer brand channels two years into the company or a year and a half into the company as somebody who was so early in my career, I don't think I would have had that opportunity to do anywhere else. The fact that two to three years into my journey here at LinkedIn, I was able to help build the open mic night, which is now goes around the world and travels. I don't think I would have had the opportunity to do that somewhere else. And even now, because of the side projects that I've done at the company, I've been able to get the role that I'm in now, which is like a social media lead for our biggest business line supporting LinkedIn. I don't think I would have had that opportunity at, at another huge company like LinkedIn. So mine is very specific to like opportunity, which goes back to one of the biggest tenets of our platform is creating opportunity for others. And I think our company embodies that value so much. Beautiful. So anything else you'd like to add to this audience of Latinos that work in tech, want to break into tech, people curious about working at LinkedIn? Anything else you'd like to say to them? I think in terms of breaking into tech, I mean, I think my story is a perfect example. Using people in your network and attending these events and reaching out to people online. I think especially when you're a person of color, even deeper in that, when you're a Latino, and we talked about it a little, a little while ago, we have a sense of community amongst each other. So having the courage to just reach out to somebody, even if it's just for a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, Hugo, I saw that you work at so-and-so. I have three questions on what it's like to be there or this role. I'm not asking you to refer me because you may, may not know me or my work ethic, but I just have a couple of questions. Do you have two minutes to jump on a call, five minutes to jump on a call? I think people will be surprised by the amount of responsiveness that they'll see. So in terms of breaking into tech, just having the courage to reach out to people, having the courage to reach out to us for okay. questions, following people, connecting with people online and seeing what they're posting, seeing how they're learning, seeing the things that they're involved in, the events they're attending. All of that, and then little by little, you'll get these little pieces of advice or wisdom. And looking for these great communities like Tequeria. Tequeria, that's uh, a great community. They have these uh, LinkedIn groups. LinkedIn groups is amazing. Yeah. So people ask me, oh, how do you find out about all these events? And Meetup, Eventbrite, LinkedIn groups. Eventbrite has a ton of it. You can go right now and, and type it in. You'll find like five events in the next couple of weeks here. In the next couple hours, yeah, that's like true. you'll find the. So I, I have a, I have a friend um, that I'm, I'm mentoring. He wants to break into the self-driving car space. Mm -hmm. He's a mechanical engineering student, and I was in a call with him. One of those five-minute calls, and oh, I don't know. Like I'm really good at talking with people face to face, but I don't know where to go. Let me talk to you about Eventbrite. I found him a self-driving car conference. Whoa! That same <laughs> weekend in the city in San Francisco. So specific. <laughs> and. How much it was to register? 
12 bucks, wow. 12 bucks to raise And then because he was a student. So, it's, you know, and then for professionals, it was like 50 bucks. So it's, it's not like something crazy, crazy out of range. It's not one of those like $5,000 dinners. Like, no, no, no. It's like, but you have access to all these people. Yeah, that's so true. So if your strength, if you're a Latino, Latina, and your strength is talking to people face to face, try to go to as many conferences as you can. And if you're not in a place or in a city where there's a tons of events, like you said, LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, there's mm-hmm. tons of them online. Of course. So where can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn, it's just Ish Verduzco. Uh, and then on Instagram, Twitter, and everything else is DJ Ish, D-J-I-S-H-H. Awesome. We'll add that to the show notes. And we'll add a link to your SoundCloud so they can listen to your music <laughs> as well. Awesome. Man. Hey, thank you so much, Ish. Thank you. Thank you.